Okay, ladies and gentlemen, on to a different format of content this week for all of you. And today I have got some of my best traders in Lou, who basically runs our community and whatnot. Fantastic trader and apprentice from the past, who is now also a mentor to my trading team, the community, and you guys, as well as Reese, who is also one of the apprentices who has come through and is a successful trader in his own right. So thank you, gentlemen. We'll be covering a lot of topics today. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for having no, us again. No worries. So look, this is a bit of a shoot the shit type video. We're going to talk about a lot of the things that are going on in the news, try and relate it back to price action and what is going on across the market. So some of the key points we are going to be covering in this traders chat is we're going to talk about Jerome Powell and his conversation about, well, sorry, from the Fed about the, I guess, less aggressive rate hike strategy. We're also then going to go into have a bit of a discussion about Bybit. Yes, the margin trading platform is laying off 30% of its staff. And whilst that might seem like a red flag for some, we're going to have a little bit more of a dig down into that and just see if it's just a sign of the times or if you need to be worried. From there, we're going to move into Doge. Why? Because Twitter seems to love it. Doge has had pretty strong growth and is a long way off its annual lows this year in 2022 and we want to talk about some of the speculation surrounding doge and why it keeps pumping based around twitter and the god of entrepreneurialism elon musk and then finally we'll talk talk about ave yep they got their volume three rolling out in the not too distant future how does that affect ave going forward is it going to harm ethereum and what does it mean in regards to the price of Dave. So, gentlemen, I'm going to start off by jumping across into the Fed article right here. Now, this was back on November 30th. So just so everyone is aware, this has got nothing to do with the most recent price action of, say, the last 24, 48 hours. But it is a trend. We, we watch the Fed minutes. We watch what they say. And it typically becomes like a cruise ship. You know, it's a long way to turn. It stays its path for a long time. And it takes a long time to slow down and change course. The Fed came out and said that they're not going to be potentially raising rates as quickly. What have you guys been keeping up on this and how has it affected what you do in your day to day? What are your thoughts on the Fed reducing the rate at which it is increasing rates, guys? Yeah, yeah. So I will believe it when I see it. Um I don't think inflation has come down that much. Just looking at some charts and some data, I don't think inflation has, you know, it has slowed, but it's not to the point that they want. Um, whether it's just, um, you know, a bit of a relief from the bear market that we've been in um, and we're seeing some money flow back into the traditional markets with the US dollar getting a little bit weaker. But yeah, I'm not buying into it too much. Um, it has affected me uh, with house loans. It's a bit of a pain, but uh, it is necessary to flush out um, especially weak companies that have gone through an aggressive growth cycle, um, especially tech companies. You know, I've got a few friends that work in tech and uh, the companies that they work with went through aggressive growth cycles and now they're just laying off off staff, which, you know, we'll go into with Bybit laying off 30% of the staff, but I don't think that's that much compared to other companies out there. I always, when I read these articles, I always, I always think if I was only looking at the chart and I had no other medium to look at, like no news, nothing, what would I be thinking? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the fundamentals, yeah, the fundamentals say, like, inflation's coming down, interest rates are going to, you know, like, interest rates need to slow. 
if I was just looking at a chart again, going back to this, this concept, if I was just looking at a chart, I see a weaker US dollar and a rallying stock market. Um, and typically this year when we've, we've seen a really strong dollar and a, and a weak stock market. So a weak S&P 500 at least, talking about the index. If I was just looking at the chart, I'd be like, well, there's a weak dollar, the S&P 500 is rallying. Just looking at yeah some of the data as well, the obviously inflation was running rampant to slow down a little bit. We have seen increases in GDP as well, which mm. was um, expected. I don't know if it's expected, but you know it's good. It was to higher see. than expectations last round. Uh, yeah, exactly. But another point is the unemployment rate, and we haven't really seen that rise, um, considering the interest rate increases, considering everything else. Um, generally unemployment rate should rise if we start to enter a recession or um, after a recession. So we're not, it hasn't hit that point yet. Well, I'm looking at the charts at the moment. I've, I've got the dollar index up to sort of back up the theory. People have been watching that as you guys have been speaking. The dollar, look, it's been tremendously strong uh, throughout the majority of 2021 and 20, well, sorry, the back end from about May was the low uh, and we sort of reached a peak so far. That was back in the 20 the week starting the 26th of september now since then uh the dollar index has declined to its current price about eight and a half percent or thereabouts now that's a big move for the dollar index when i look at it on a monthly chart however it's got us straight back into the cradle zone and it's going to be quite interesting to see where we go to from here because if we're going to see the dollar index decrease in value, i.e. money going away from the safer asset, which is the US dollar during times of turmoil and uncertainty, money does shift into the US dollar as it's the reserve currency of the world, more or less. When the money goes into the US dollar, we tend to see stock markets fall, uh, just to repeat what Lou said. Now, recently we've got the S&P, it did breach above 4,000, uh, which is the first time it's done that in quite some time in a, in a large number of weeks. Now, from the high set back in, uh, in January of this year, so the start of the year, to its lows, we saw a decline of about 27.5%. <clears throat> Excuse me. We did see some relief rallies along the way, uh, notably a few weeks there in March where we ran back up 6% one week. Uh, we saw another strong rally uh, back off of the 13th of June, so the midway of the year. That, that rallied about... Uh, nearly 20%, just shy of it, about 19. And then we've pushed the new lows going into the 10th of October. And so far from that bounce, what we do have, and this is the weekly, we've got uh, a 17.5% bounce from this point. Now, the yo-yo effect that we are seeing in the S&P 500, it's certainly not building any uh, real confidence. But in past times, we have seen declines uh, a relatively stable market condition, a decline of around that 25%, and then we start to carry on from there. Whether this goes ahead or not is going to depend heavily on inflation. It's going to depend heavily on the Fed and how they are raising rates. Now, coming back to that article exactly, which came out, the Fed minutes came out on the 30th of November. The S&P closed up 3.1%. Uh, Bitcoin on that same day, where are we? The 30th, that was Bitcoin up four and a half percent so definitely fed now having a major impact on our crypto market and that's one of the things i think we're going to be discussing more and more uh the three of us but also the greater market because it used to be that we didn't need to consider economic data and when they come out i've used an economic calendar for the best part of my trading life because you need to when you're trading fx and other markets right 
but now we're seeing it very much affect um, our market in crypto. Now, a couple of other things that he's he come out and said, he said he might be looking smaller uh, rate rises starting in December. So it will be very interesting to see what they do next time it comes around. He's also said he cautioned that monetary policy is likely to stay restricted for some time until real signs of progress emerge on inflation. So that essentially reading between the lines is until we do see inflation really you know, significantly start to decline, we will continue to see rate rises. It will just be at a slower pace. And he goes to follow on by saying, we will stay the course until the job is done. Powell said he sees the central bank in position to reduce the size of rate hikes as soon as next month. Wall Street applauded the remarks. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed up 737 points, sheesh, or 2.18% to snap a 3 year sorry a three session losing streak tech stocks fared even better with the nasdaq composite roaring 4.4 percent so what we're seeing is bitcoin if you recall on the 30th was up 4.48 percent the dow sorry the nasdaq was up 4.4 so bitcoin and the nasdaq seem to be correlating much much closer uh, than we've ever seen it do before i've just spun out when i said 33 737 points i can remember in the gfc trading the dj so that's the dow uh, the mini contract on the, so no, no, it's not, it's the YM. Sorry, I got that wrong. The YM. I'm just going to go back and just see for everybody back then when I was trading it. Oh, do we have enough? Yes, we do. Here we go. Yeah, here it is. So we'll go to the, go to the weekly here. That week was down 1,994 points for the week. Keep in mind, prices were at that stage around about 10,000 dipping to a low of about 6,400. So it just sort of blew my mind out when I saw the actual, you know, the incremental move on the Dow because it's been a long time since I've traded that market. So yeah, Powell's going to be keep on keep on raising rates, but at a slower rate of knots. And of course, once the rates have been, you know, once we've got inflation under control, don't be surprised to see the old money printer turn back on, which is going to be interesting to see all in good time. Now, from here, of course, we've related this to the dollar index, to the S&P, to Bitcoin. That is our Fed article on how it has affected our markets. I think the next one we want to talk about, boys, is uh, is Bybit laying off 30% of its workforce. Um, what do you guys think about that? We'll start with you, Lou. What, what does it mean to you from a position of obviously you're a trader, you're an investor, but you're also an individual who is in this market? Does that set off any alarm bells to you? Um, no. Look, just for disclosure sake, I I had a lot of capital on FTX when it went down and I'm still waiting for that situation to be resolved. So if anyone's going to be alarmed, it should be me. Um, but I'm not alarmed by this. I, I just, look, Bybit to cut 30% of its staff. Um, I was just reading about Bybit. The last week I've been reading about different exchanges, um, their pros, their cons, I've been reading about Bybit. They're a well-established exchange. They um, they have particular insurances in place. They don't have. They're one of the only exchanges as well that that uh, their bit uh, their Bitcoin their 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 local their, their exchange isn't run on their on their cryptocurrency like FTX was. Um, so, look. If it's not a recession in traditional markets, it's definitely a recession in crypto and in recessions, people get laid off. So I'm personally, I'm not that um, that worried. And if you are worried about your funds in exchange, you shouldn't be trading there, full stop. Yep. 100%, you shouldn't be trading there. And um, 
put into cold storage. If you don't want to be trading that exchange, if you're, if you're worried, if you have the slightest whiff of worry that Bybit's going to go down because of these um, staffing cuts, then don't trade on Bybit. What about you, Reese? Um, I think I touched on it earlier that I think they've just gone through a, an aggressive growth cycle and now you know, they've been hit with huge interest rates um, and a recession. And yeah, they're just laying off some staff. You know, we've worked with Bybit in the past. They seem like a really good team, a really good platform. So um, it's unfortunate for the people that are losing their jobs, but uh, those exchanges that do stick out through the tough times will certainly prosper during the, the bull markets. And I think um, Bybit will be one. Well, the native token, just to give some clarity and perspective around some of these staffing issues, or not issues, but the, the laying off, from the beginning of the year to where we are today, we're, we're down about 86%. Now, don't get too alarmed because that's what most of the market is doing right now. So going back to Bybit, I mean, I, I kind of agree with what both of you have said. Uh, I know that at the moment, and I, I want to address this because at the moment, the slightest whiff of, of any form of speculation, and that's the main word here we've got to keep in tune with, is speculation. People are having these big panic attacks. Um, and what we're seeing a lot of at the moment is, and we know this already because we know what the media is like. You know what the newspaper is like. You open up the newspaper. So the front page of the newspaper every single day is always a bad news story, something to be concerned about, something to be scared about, something to be worried about. Why? Because fear sells. It gets us locked in. Oh, what have we got to be scared, scared of today? What's happening with this? We know it's a strategy that is used and used very, very well. Think about COVID and when we were glued to our TVs for the reports of numbers each and every single day. That probably had the biggest viewership of anything else on TV at the time. So fear does sell. So how is that being used and manipulated to the advantage of others? Well, obviously, mainstream is there, but in crypto Twitter, as an example, since the FTX fallout and all the other fallouts that have happened this year, we've seen the massive rise of threads. Here's what I know about FTX, thread. Woof. Now, what this does is it gets them a lot of eyeballs, a lot of traction. They get personal gain because now they get more people that want to follow them. Then they can do more with that following, so on and so forth. So what we're seeing is a vicious cycle. Any bit of bad news comes out or if anyone, Joe Bloggs, wants to just, you know, speculate that Binance might go under next or, or the, you know, the moon is falling on top of the world in a minute. Anyone can have any opinion out there in the Twitter space, which is great. Freedom of speech. I don't mind that. But the issue that we're seeing is that people are out there believing in all this stuff and it's a self-perpetuating cycle downwards because people get worried, people then sell, the market then panics, we go down lower, so on and so forth. From a business point of view, the laying of the 30% of staff, if we are in a hard time and we undoubtedly are, volumes on exchanges will have so decreased significantly throughout this period. You'll get a big chunk on the way up of volumes, which means that they'll get their fees, they'll make their money. On the way down at the beginning and throughout that, they'll be seeing a lot of sell orders, people banking their profits, and they'll do quite well. And then after that, things go quiet. And we are in that quiet period. It just seems like a responsible action from a business that knows what they're doing. I, I And again, I'm not affiliating myself with Bybit at this point from the standpoint of I'm saying, you know, you should be trading with Bybit. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it shows that there is responsible management to a certain degree because we don't know any more. Got to be so careful about what we say these days around exchanges because who saw FTX coming? Um, so it's, it's, it seems like the right thing to be doing. Tough times create 
uh, situations where you might not like it, but people are going to be losing their jobs. I don't see it as a red flag, uh, that's for sure. Um, and just to give some, I suppose, uh, perspective uh, on this, um, the cutoffs will continue. You know, what he's saying is Zoo, who's a CEO, promised the business operations will remain safe while blaming the cutoffs on the continuous bear market. He believes the most recent troubles around BlockFi, which filed for bankruptcy, and Genesis, which is said to be close to that step as well, are signals that tell us that we are entering into an even colder winter than we had anticipated from both industry and market perspectives. I I agree with him, but the dice hasn't fallen yet. You know, the, the first, the, 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 the dominoes have started to fall. You know, we went Luna, dunk. then we had uh, Celsius, dunk. then we've got FTX, dunk. BlockFi, dunk. and a whole bunch of others out there, uh, the biggest of which would be Genesis if it were to file. It's been very quiet out there about Genesis. And while I hope they get their funding, if we don't see that occur, yep, that will be the catalyst for a move lower. Uh, again, more perspective, uh, Coinbase, uh, sorry, uh, Crypto.com and Coinbase were among the first with reports claiming that the former reduced its staff number by several hundred people. The US giant, on the other hand, cut 18% of its workforce in June. That is Coinbase. Others include the Winklevoss spearhead Gemini, block, uh, Blockchain Com, Horby, Kraken also joined the list firing 30% of its personnel. It's more of a sign of the times. You don't want to be burning cash when you are not making that money in your business. And with the potential fallout of a genesis bankruptcy i think they're making the right choice but we'll never know what do you guys got anything else to add to that piece of news around bar because i know people will be concerned and they will be worried about this but this is business yeah that's right i, I like the title of the article just singling out one exchange and then uh going yeah, into yeah. the finer details it's a lot of exchanges are doing exactly the same thing which is you know we touched on that it's not just Bybit, it's not just you know, a certain exchange, it's everywhere, worldwide. Most companies are going through a bit of a layoff and uh, hard times. So, yeah, I don't plan on reading into that too much. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you guys. And also just important to remember, particularly in line with um, what happened with FTX. Um, look, if you're not comfortable, if you're not, uh, if you're not 100% accepting the risk to trade on an exchange, then you shouldn't be trading there. Agreed. All right. Well, I know you guys are going to have something to say about this because this one blows my mind every time. Uh, we're talking about Doge. Dogecoin jumps after Elon Musk shares glimpse into Twitter 2.0 plans. Before I go into any of the article, I mean, the Doge saga, I, I find it so, I don't know, man, I won't say it's frustrating, but it kind of is because, you know, you do your research, you, you spend time in the market, you find actual you know, blockchain businesses that have got a token that, you know, you do all this work and you find these these projects that you like. And then a meme coin goes and outperforms bloody everything. It's just, it, it throws me off. Back on the 24th of October, we saw an increase of 94, 95% in a single week. And at one stage, the high of that particular week, it was up 150%. Then it had a quick fall back down. Then two weeks ago, up 28%. Last week, up 5.5%. And it just continues to grind higher. But based on what? What are your theories around Doge and why this is going on at the moment? Because it is a literal meme coin that is designed to be a joke. And the only thing that's really put it on the map has been 
Sir Elon himself. Thoughts, gentlemen, starting with you, Lou. Uh, yeah, well, look, we've talked about this. I mean, how long have we traded together, Craig? All of last year, the year before that, the year before that, and the year before yeah, that. So yeah. oh, quite, quite a while. And we've seen Doge come in. We've always talked about the same thing. If there's a trade there, I'll take it. Um, and we've always talked about the same thing with Joge. Like, how is that a reflection on the industry as a whole? Um, having a meme coin put out there like that. Um, hey, if it comes from Elon Musk, he can. he's the richest man in the world. He owns Twitter. He's trying to put people onto Mars. Um, he can it do just whatever sounds he wants. like a bloody movie plot. <laughs> <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. If he wants to pump, if he wants to integrate Doge into Twitter, go for it. Um, in terms of like DCAing and investing into Doge as a cryptocurrency, for me, I'm happy trading it. If the trade sets up, I'm not going to, I, I can't invest in it. I can't. <laughs> I just can't. I can't long-term invest in it. Not, not a slight, maybe I'll take a punt. But like I can't long term invest in it. it. Just it goes against all my principles trading. But um, man, if a trade sets up, and if that's what Elon wants to do, he can do whatever he wants. Richest man in the world, right? Yep. What about you, Reese? What are your thoughts on this bad boy? I yeah, I agree. He's a he's a powerful man. Not just being the richest person in the world, but the power that he has behind owning Twitter. We we see he just tweets something that. I don't even think he mentions Doge being used as a payment option in the tweet. People just speculated and thought Doge was going to be it. And how much did it pump? And that's probably billions of dollars worth of Dogecoin entering the market. The power that that man has is just ridiculous. And his his newest venture on Twitter is the Twitter files. I don't know if you guys have heard about that, but he's, uh, he's sort of unraveling um, certain parts of Twitter when it was owned by the previous executives. And there's a lot of a lot of dirt on Hunter Biden that he's he's bringing up and making public, which is pretty interesting. That's yeah. going to get him put in jail. Sorry, just quickly on that as well. Yeah. Let's just remember that it was only a week ago that Elon didn't even tweet. He answered somebody's question on Twitter, and Bitcoin like rose three percent or something. Oh, I don't know what it was, like one and a half or two percent or something yeah. like. And mm -hmm. think about last year. And the, like when, when he announced that Tesla was buying Bitcoin, like when this guy makes announcements, it, it appears whether it's a bear market or a bull market. For instance, if Michael Saylor made an announcement today because of the market current market environment we have, probably won't do anything. If Elon Musk does, it doesn't matter what yeah. type of market we, we're in, it's going to do something. So it's, he, he, yeah, he, he has as much power as, Jerome Powell in our market yeah. at the moment, really, with the statements he makes. Reese, you were going to say something? Um, I think it's time to start taking Doge seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not as, oh, no, maybe not a bit of a joke, but... um. Well, no, you can. I mean, that's the whole point of these conversations, to get different views, points of view. And if you've got a, if you've got a viable reason as to why, I mean, I, there can be, there certainly can be, um, you know, something built on that and I'll, I'll let you finish your thing and then I'll tell you why. Yeah. I think, um, if, you know, if things do take off with Twitter and he does, um, incorporate cryptocurrency as a payment method for Twitter, will he choose Doge? And if he does, then I'd, I'd want to be writing that. 
Well, let's dig into a couple of things here. So when you said, you know, I think we should take Doge seriously. Well, look, let's be honest. Let's go back, back in Doge time. I'm bringing the chart up now for everybody to see. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, I'll talk you through some of the numbers so it can make some sense. Now, Doge in the past. Now, I've been, I've, I've never held Doge. I have, uh, actually, maybe that's not true. Maybe I might have had a Doge BTC trade a long time ago. But anyway, that's beside the point. Doge has been fairly widely accepted to be a pump coin. Okay, it does have wild pumps. I'll take you back to the week starting the 3rd of February 2020. That week, Doge went up 100%. Okay, quick pump, double your money. Then it tanked right down low. Then on the week of the 6th of June 2020, a single week yet again, it pumped 144%. All right, then things really got out of control. We saw um doge on the 20th 28th of december it was up at its high 231 percent fast forward to the elon musk time and i think it was also around that GameStop period where all these reddit users were going to make silver pump um silly sausages you can't do that with a trillion dollar market um it was up at its high 920 percent. so that's a 10x that doge did during one week now we've seen this happen again and again and again and again now if you had have bought into doge back in i don't know let's go november 9 2020 and you held you sold it on the 3rd of may 2021 you are looking at 477 x forty-seven thousand. 723% gain. So the reason I bring this to your attention is because whilst we talk about Doge being a joke, whilst we get frustrated with it because we're like, oh my God, how can people be so dumb? Are they? That's my question. Are they so dumb? It's been known to have these massive pumps time and time and time again. Is it something that we need to consider to maybe hold a couple of thousand dollars worth of Doge? Because, well... What if it goes again? The only thing is now is that the market cap is still so high. Doge remains in our top 10, believe it or not. With Doge being in the top 10 for us to have further pumps, that means like to the same sort of level as what we did have. Because don't forget, we went from, you know, 0.0, what was it, back over here. Uh, the low on the candle, the 27th of July, 2020, the low was 0.003 of a cent. Now we're trading at 10 cents. So the vol, like the, the, the big humongous, you know, 477x type move, that will probably be over with, okay? Because the market cap is now too large. But it doesn't mean we can't take advantage of weeks like back on the 24th of October where we closed for the week 94% up. Could it be something that we hold? Maybe you have, you know, a couple of thousand bucks in it or something. When you do get a pump, you sell it, it drops, boof, back down, you buy it again, you wait, for the next pump. What do you guys reckon on that? Because there is proof there to suggest that this can happen. Of course, it does depend on where you buy it. Because if you had bought it back in, you know, the week of the 9th of August, well, you are still waiting for that pump and you need about a 3X or 4X to get back to those levels. High risk speculation, but it does move. Thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I think from a trading slash investing perspective, would I risk a thousand dollars to make forty-seven thousand? 
every day of the week, every single day of the week. Um, that's a thousand dollars that I would write off uh, yep. once you know I did put it into Doge, something like Doge. But yeah, the returns are huge. Um, a forty-seven X, they don't come along very often. Four hundred and seventy-seven X. So your one thousand dollars would have been four hundred and seventy-seven thousand dollars. Exactly. And so, one... you know, would you risk that? I think all three of us would definitely. Yeah, and 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 it's also just important to put it in perspective as well. Like if. If Doge did a massive, massive, like a big pump, like what it did, uh, what, what was it, like 47,000 or something? Yeah. Um, like if that did, if Doge did a pump like that again, then, you know, it's already in the top 10. Like it'd be, it'd have a greater market share than Bitcoin probably. That's my point exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so keeping that in mind and then, you know, chasing a 10x return or something, sure. And yeah, and you know what? We probably should. You you would be a fool to not take Dogecoin mm. with some ounce of seriousness. Now that Elon yeah, Musk also look, owns Twitter, like that's yeah, that's it. Well, look, a couple of things coming back to the article because we kind of touched on it quite a lot here. But one of the things that's really important to understand is that we've got some other parts to this article. Let me scroll down. Well, Musk made no mention of Doge in the tweet or in the attached slides. This didn't appear to stop some investors from being hopeful that Dogecoin would be involved in some way. There's that speculation, that rumor mill going nuts, which we see in crypto all the time. In October, rumors surfaced on Twitter's crypto wallet, plans after popular tech blogger Jane Manchin Wong speculated in an October 27 tweet that the company had already begun working on a wallet prototype that supports cryptocurrency deposits and withdrawals, which led to a Doge price surge of 40% at the time. Following on in this article, even if they do manage to build a payment system around Twitter, there are much better blockchain solutions than Dogecoin to choose from with regards to security, privacy, smart contracts, and scaling. One more little section of this article says, given that Doge cannot directly interact with smart contracts as part of its original design, I would say that unless it's specifically used as an option for payment, the use cases associated will continue to remain speculative. Speculative, so. So again, it's just the rumor mill that is causing these price, you know, increases the way that we're seeing them because there is no real use case for it. If they're going to integrate another payments, you know, or, or you know, not just payments, but other things that they can incorporate, there are much better options out there. So the verdict is still out on Doge. Will it go further? Well, I guess it goes higher the second that Elon Musk tweets about it. And that is all you really need to know. Risk manage accordingly. And the final article we wanted to come into and have a look at here is all you need to know about Aves V3 rollout and what the future holds for Ave. Now, I'm not a huge understander of everything on every layer one, Ave being definitely one of them. One of the things within this article, however, does suggest is that this upgrade is looking to fight Ethereum. So I'll read from this, like this article. The latter will particularly target the Ethereum, the latter being Ave, and the volume uh, three protocol, the latter will particularly target the Ethereum market where it might be a big deal. So when it says target the market, uh, this is the CEO, I believe, Kulachov noted that one of the key features planned for a volume three's Ethereum mainnet rollout is more flexibility for users. The new version will offer more flexibility when staking, especially during risky market conditions. Now, I've got a question for both of you relating to staking. We'll start, uh, I'll ask the question. So. Obviously, staking has become somewhat of a 
hot potato in many ways when the market was good people were staking um i must admit that towards the back end you know i'm talking maybe two three months ago i was really starting to get the itch to stake some of my stables because they were just sitting there accumulating nothing really they're just getting dust however my concern for staking has always been i got to put it somewhere else if I've got a large amount of stablecoin or Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything, am I going to risk a big chunk of my actual stack just to get, let, let, let's say I'm getting a 10% yield because some of them are big ones, right? Let's say 10%. Let's say I put a million dollars of USDT into a, um, a staking protocol. And for that, I know I'm going to get $100,000 that year APY. Now, I look at this the same way that I look at a trade, the same way you were speaking about it before, Reese. You know, I'm now, you know, if I'm risking $1,000 to make $477,000, that's the right side of the trade. However, I saw staking as the wrong side of the trade in the sense that I'm risking a million dollars, just to have a round number, to make 100000 That, to me, the reward risk is skewed significantly. And yes, whilst you might get a couple of years, you're going to get, say, let's say two years before they go under, which, again, I'm not suggesting all staking firms will go under, but we've seen the biggest ones cascade fall and go bankrupt uh, this year. So lessons need to be learned. You've got to be on the right side of the trade. And a million dollars to make a 100 grand a year doesn't seem very well to me. Now, the question that I have, I'll start with you, Reese, is do you think people are going to get their faith in staking? And with A, Volume 3, trying to make staking uh, obviously a priority here, do you think that they're sort of they've been building with a solution to, to a problem that can't be fixed in the eyes of the consumer? Yeah, I think there's so many parts to staking that it's really hard to understand the benefits, the the, um, the downfalls of staking. But I think staking does play its part. The uh, the uh, consensus mechanism around staking, you know, the difference between proof of work or proof of stake. Um, requires people to stake those coins to make that network honest and keep the the miners honest. So they get rewards for staking their tokens to make the network work, essentially. Um, and if you are a dishonest miner and you try and hack the system or something, you lose all of your stake tokens. So you get punished, basically, for making the network not work properly. So yeah, it really depends on what um, what people want to get out of staking Ave. Do they just want to make more Ave token to convert into US dollars? Because then it really depends on what Ave price is related to USD. Um, as an investment strategy, yeah, it, it could really work. The, the returns do seem pretty good. Um, but yeah, it really depends on your plan. What about you, Lou? What are your thoughts uh, on this? Look, we, I talk, I remember us talking about this last year in relation to Bybit and farming, yield farming and stuff. We we're like, yeah, the yield's so good, but I'm simply just not sold it. I'm never going to stake anything. I, I, that's the decision I've made. I will never do it. I, yeah. I, I, I can't. It's giving custody of everything I own to someone else. And what happens if you have to get it out? You can't. All these FTX, Celsius, just to mention a few, but like, I tried the farm yielding once on Bybit just to try it out and it just didn't feel right handing my assets over for 24 to 48 hours to realize some yield that I could make trading or managing my own portfolio. So that's my thoughts on it. Well, Abe's price high was $668 on the week, the 17th of May, 2021. And since that high, it has been pretty ravished, which is no surprise. The rest of the market has too. It is down 90% 
from its highs. So I hope, of, of course, the AVE community will be hoping that we see more buying come in. And this article comes in to address that in a little bit just here. If the top address buy up AVE once again, it can have a positive price action. Oh, wow. Amazing information to find out that. If more people buy it, it goes up. Well done article. AVE's supply distribution this week already indicated that there was some demand from top well categories. Scroll down a little bit further and I will also say that there is also large amounts of selling going on. So, so currently with AVE, the verdict is out. But again, we're going to look at the positives here. We don't want to be a part of the negative Nelly cycle because they're doing good stuff. It's a volume three, they're updating the protocol, they're trying to bring more to us as the users, and for that, I applaud them. Now guys, we'll wrap this up because we've been on this for quite some time now, and I don't want to overdo it. One of the things that I wanted to suggest right now is just coming to the Bitcoin chart, I want people to understand that we are still in a weekly downtrend. And yes, whilst we also have seen a little bit of upside and an uptrend on the daily, what we need to be doing today, or not today, what we need to be doing throughout the week and into the run to Christmas, which is very much upon us right now. When I say run to Christmas, I don't necessarily mean price run. I mean that the dates leading to Christmas are much, much shorter right now. We've got to take out the highs of yesterday, 17,424. And I'd like to see us, look, ultimately, it'd be really positive to see us close the end of the week around 18 to 18.5 to really strengthen that daily uptrend and maybe we'll see it we're gonna to have to see something happen because we're very very sideways in the market at the moment could we go lower well absolutely with the genesis debacle still unfolding and not too much information out there right now whether or not they will remain solvent or file chapter 11 as has fdx celsius and many others in the space there is a dark cloud hanging overhead so as always ladies and gentlemen please manage your risk if you are trading with margin or without margin make sure that you have a, you know your cold storage and you only have a small amount of your account with counterparty risk that's the way that we teach it here at trader cob whilst we did get stuck in some recent things that went on with different exchanges and whatnot we are still here and we are pushing forward to educate you more and more about the risks pros and cons of trading and investing in this crypto market. So to both you, Lou and Reese, thank you so much for your time in today's Traders Chat. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. And we will be doing this again at some point in the future with, you know, it might not be me, it might be other people in my team, but we'll be covering the topics that are of relevance and importance to you. Don't forget to join the Discord community so you can get access to more and more information on a daily basis, seven days a week. You can ask questions with a great trading community. And of course, visit the TraderCobb website, tradercob.com, and join up for a Become a Trader course. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure bringing this to you. Thank you, gentlemen, for the conversation. You guys have a great week and a great life. Bye for now. <laughs>